coming up on Launch Stories. I believe the future now for events is going to be, you know, essentially the mass events, you know, the web summits of the world. In my humble opinion, you know, those numbers of attendees are never going to be replicated again. I think what you're going to see now is much more intimate, personal, physical gatherings piggybacked with a virtual variant. Welcome to Launch Stories, the global startup podcast. I'm your host, Zoltan Vardy. The Launch Stories podcast gives you a taste of what it takes to launch a global startup. Listen to founders share their personal ups and downs, their professional wins and losses, and the lessons they've learned along the way to building an international company. You'll also hear from accelerators and investors that support entrepreneurs along their journey around the world and what they think is the recipe for startup success. So join me on Launch Stories, get inspired and learn the ingredients of a successful global business. My guest today is Mike Chaffee, CEO of Wolf Summit, one of the premier tech and innovation conferences held in Central and Eastern Europe twice a year. The event attracts more than 2,500 startup founders, venture capital investors, and related service providers to Poland from 80 countries around the world. Mike acquired Wolf Summit in 2019 and first managed its transition into becoming a fully online event, and now its shift into becoming a so-called hybrid event. I'll be talking to Mike about the role that events like Wolf Summit play in the global startup ecosystem and how the conference business may evolve in a post-pandemic world. Let's listen to Mike's launch story. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi, Zoltan. Great to be here with you today. Thanks for, thanks for bringing me onto the podcast. Absolutely. So I have a confession to make. I always have loved the business and conference industry, um, trade shows in general. It's a great place to meet people, um, make connections in an environment where people are there to do business, uh, catch up with old friends, get inspired with some new ideas and new thoughts. Um, what attracted you to the conference business in general and to Wolf Summit in particular? Yeah, so it's a great question, Zoltan. And actually, um, I should probably start off with a little bit of background about myself and how I came from the background that, you know, the career I was in for such a long time mm -hmm. and now ended up as an event organizer. Firstly, a, a confession on my side, I'm very much not your typical CEO of an events business. Prior to acquiring Wolf Summit, I acted as an investment broker at a London-based angel syndicate, uh -huh. helping founders with investor introductions and supporting closing their pre-seed and seed stage rounds of typically a quarter of a million pound to 2.5 million pounds. However, before that, I spent just over a decade in the oil and gas industry. Uh, so I worked as a saturation diver up to 250 meters below the surface um, in various corners of the world from China to you know, Central Asia, Southeast Asia, and the Middle East. Let me stop you there for a moment. So what does a saturation diver do? Saturation diving typically involves uh, you go into a pressurized uh, chamber for up to 28 days at a time. Um, so the, the chamber would be positioned on the vessel. You can imagine every day team, you, there were three teams of divers who would rotate through a 24-hour period. Every eight hours, you'd have a change of shift. Uh, myself and two buddies would go into the diving bell, which is essentially our taxi from the mothership down to the seabed. Uh -huh. uh, so we'd, we'd go down for eight hours at a time and we'd proceed on the seabed to, you know, make inspections of infrastructure, install new infrastructure, 
uh, various, an assortment of different tasks that we could carry out on the seabed. Well, it's fair to say that's not a natural transition, albeit a very exciting uh, background to what you're doing today. What is it that exactly attracted you to this whole business opportunity to acquire Wolf Summit? When I was working with the UK Angel Syndicate, to be quite frank, a lot of the solutions that I was fundraising for were mediocre at best. Um, obviously, mm. there was a you know a spattering of very exceptional uh, businesses as well. However, mm. when I compared the caliber of businesses from the UK to their technical uh, counterparts here in the Central Eastern European region, you know I saw a huge disconnect between very technically strong founders that were struggling to raise funds here in Poland and the wider region compared to their counterparts in the UK. So I saw a huge opportunity and alongside my business partner, Martin Ring, we acquired Wolf Summit back in July 2019. And did you see this as a move into a particular region or was this a move into a particular type of business? Which one was more important for you? It was more of a move into a particular region from Poland all the way out to Kazakhstan and from Estonia down to Albania. This entire region is very, you know, for me, it's a very promising geographical location and there's a lot of talent coming out of the region, which as, as I'm sure yourself and everybody else can see, is very noticeable now as we see more and more overseas investors coming into the region. And do you think that as a significant player in this industry and in the broader startup ecosystem, Wolf Summit has a more than normal role to play in terms of building the startup environment? Yeah, absolutely, Zoltan. And it's um, we're really seeing that post-COVID. So needless to say, last year was very, very difficult as an events business. Um, thankfully, we had a we struck a great relationship with Hopin back in March of 2020, and this allowed us to create a new revenue stream around uh, supporting different clients with their events. Fast forward to now, you know, September of 2021, um, we're seeing a hell of a lot of interest, particularly from international development agencies. So we've got the likes of Department for International Trade from the UK, Enterprise Singapore, Enterprise Estonia, uh, Vienna Business Agency, all looking to interact and connect with the early stage businesses that pass through Wolf Summit. They can showcase their value proposition and it allows us to be very much the Switzerland of Central and Eastern Europe. So what you're telling me is that in fact, You've moved beyond this concept of just holding a conference at a particular time of the year, twice a year, I believe, but you're acting as a bridge to development agencies and, and other organizations, let's say outside of the region, to find relevant startups and relevant investment opportunities here in Central and Eastern Europe. Is that correct? Exactly. So in a nutshell, Zoltan, COVID, as, you know, as difficult and as um, stressful as it was for us, it actually allowed us to accelerate the internationalization of the event much faster. You know, so in the space of a year, we've we've achieved probably that without COVID as a factor would have taken five to six years, you know. So in fact, that's the silver lining, right? So you were faced with a, let's be honest, a pretty dramatic shift in the environment. And it seems that you've been able to take this and move it to your advantage. Is that something that you found to be uh, an important skill or capability in in running a business absolutely i mean in the past 18 months i've i've grown more as an individual and leader of the team than in the last 10 to 15 years in various industries and it's purely been i had this conversation actually last week in warsaw you know with an attendee at one of our events and he asked me okay so basically he said from such a background as saturation diving 
it must have been not too stressful for you in the COVID environment. There's something about being under miles and miles of water that, that makes a bad showing it in a conference seem less important, I guess. Yeah, but it, I mean, to be honest, Sultan, it was actually the opposite because dangerous as it at times was in the in the diving industry, having so many individuals reliant on the success of the business and reliant on your decisions as the leader is um, it was hugely, hugely stressful. There were parts of 2020 where every which way I turned felt like a dead end, you know, and it, it was really stressful. And I, I, you know, I can't stress how important the relationship with Hopin was because it gave us a very much needed revenue stream. And that was a key, uh, you know, deciding factor in, in our survival as a business. Now, I've always, like yourself, Zoltan, I know that you're into the Spartan races. So uh, additionally, yeah. I'm, I'm hugely into CrossFit myself. Uh -huh. um, so between March and May last year, I actually, you know, I, I was very depressed and I, I stopped my habit of going to CrossFit. And I managed to kick back into CrossFit in middle of last year and as i recognized that dealing with the stress and the challenges of, of running the business were very much going to be my personal mental health as well as physical condition could only help in that regard so right i got back into a, a strong crossfit regime um, i actually started experimenting with psychedelic therapy that involved typically going to the czech mountain ranges at least once per month um, and I'd go hiking, uh, you know, whilst the influence of psilocybin, which basically magic mushrooms or LSD. Again, I can't give advice on this subject because I'm not a subject matter expert. But for me personally, the, the, the help and relief that I felt through this regular schedule was, was huge. I struggle at times to put into words just how dramatic that practice has been for me. Well, let me take you back to March of 2020. You're less than a year into managing the whole Wolf Summit business. The pandemic is unfolding around the world. It's clear travel is going to be restricted. Events are being canceled left and right. What are you thinking to yourself at that moment? Regarding March of 2020, we were obviously monitoring the COVID developments from January of that year. And as things started to deteriorate in the region, the material from the Polish government was that you know, physical gatherings would be restricted to around 1,000 participants. We factored that into our planning. And then roughly eight days before the event was due to start, it became clear that even the 1,000-person capacity wouldn't be feasible, which point we had to pivot to a virtual variant. You know, so it was four or five days of intense scrambling to, to source a platform that could provide us with the functionalities to, to make that pivot. We had demo calls with around six different event you know, event platforms. Hopin mm -hmm. was the last event platform that we had the dis discussions with. That demo call actually took place at 9 p.m. on a Saturday evening, back in the days when Johnny himself was leading the demo calls. So Johnny and uh, Franz, both of them were based in London. They gave us the intro to the Hopin platform. You know, myself and my team stepped away from that call and it was a unanimous decision to go with Hopping. You know, you can imagine a very frantic week of round-the-clock project management and administration to get the event on, you know, into a virtual variant. How much time did you actually have to do that? Because it was, I recall, I mean, obviously the shutdowns happened in March of 2020, and you sort of have Wolf Summit around March, right? Is it? Exactly. So the, I think the demo call took place on the Saturday evening, and then the following Tuesday, so roughly nine days later, was the start of the event. So, Good Lord. So you were really, really at, at the edge. Yeah, it was a real baptism of fire, Zoltan, you know, and it was, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of frayed, uh, frayed tempers. But, you know, if, if anything, it brought the team that much closer. And I'm, I'm really proud to say that 
besides a couple of individuals that you know decided to move on to new opportunities by their own choice uh we've kept the same team that you know managed to deliver the march 2020 event who are still with us now so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um You've mentioned earlier that uh, that in fact the the pandemic enabled you to expand the whole conference into a much more global event. Uh, something you said you would have normally done in five six years, you did in a couple. Are there any other kind of silver linings in this uh, situation? I mean, obviously we hear about all the negative impact of uh, COVID and its impact on you know the the conference business. Are there any other things that you think are now in place that will remain in place in the future? once we're past this pandemic world? Um, So, I mean, speaking from our position, you know, as an event organization company, uh, what I've, when I look around the the team members in our organization, just as I said that I've I've developed as as a human being and as a leader in this time during COVID, Likewise, all of our team members have really, you know, it's so inspiring to see just how much they've grown as individuals and as professionals during the last 18 months to two years. So going forward, I think a lot of uh, any challenges that we face in the future are going to be that much easier to surmount thanks to the experience that these guys and girls have you know, have gained over the past two years. So it's really given you an opportunity to develop personally and to create a team that's much more flexible and much more uh, capable of taking on new challenges and unexpected turns, I would imagine. Exactly. You know, we've we've managed to, you know, deal with very intense, you know, timelines and schedules. Uh, So now we're, you know, we've gone out of survival mode. In fact, we probably left survival mode at the end of last year. And now we're in growth mode. So in the last three weeks, we've brought on four new team members and we've actually, the team has more than doubled since March 2020. So we now have 22 individuals that are, you know, with us full time uh, compared to nine or 10 back in March of 2020. Now, let me play devil's advocate here. As as I started our conversation, I said I was a big fan of conferences and and events in general. Um, I was speaking very much as, as somebody who's gone to these things for the last 30 years in person. I found this transition to an online driven conference environment to be a double-edged sword. On the one hand, as a presenter, and even in some ways as an attendee, obviously I've had the chance to show myself in various countries to various audiences that I normally wouldn't have been able to because of just physical limitations of travel and and other other things. On the other hand, um, I can't quite get myself to listen to all the presentations because as you all know, you're just one click away from a distraction. And networking in that environment just feels really weird. It just doesn't feel particularly natural. Do you think that you in particular as Wolf Summit and generally speaking, the conference organization business will need to make adjustments to either to the business model or to the user experience to to kind of break through this type of obstacle I've just described? So first of all, hybrids, what what we're seeing with ticket sales is a, a demographic between virtual and physical passes of roughly 60, 40, 70, 30. Uh, and I don't, I don't see that changing. You know, um, I think the, you know my my candid advice to any fellow event organizer is to incorporate a hybrid structure in your uh, in your event strategy model because you know going forward with you know the huge um, net zero targets now, many corporations are going to have to be very mindful of the type of events they sponsor. Uh, and having the the fun, you know, possibility of a hybrid component is going to be good in terms of their net zero promises, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What we're seeing is that, you know, the C-level plus individuals are generally joining physically 
and some of say take a venture capital firm for example so we'll see the partners attending physically to you know have some high level networking but then we'll also see the junior analysts joining the virtual part of the conference so that they can also make you know make some valuable you know connections as part of the virtual variant and we've actually incorporated that into our sales strategy so you know if you go onto our website you'll see that every pass every physical pass or hybrid pass to our event has i believe four virtual passes included with the physical ticket so what you're saying is actually it's dem- democratized a little bit the uh, the conference business because now companies can afford to send more people but you sort of have people that are let's say as you said senior people attending in person and then a broader group of people attending virtually um does that mean that the role of conferences and its impact on its particular industry is going to be greater do you think in the future i believe the future now for events is going to be you know essentially the mass events you know the web summits of the world in my humble opinion you know those numbers of attendees are never going to be replicated again i think what you're going to see now is much more intimate personal physical gatherings piggybacked with a virtual variant so hybrid events are going to be the way forward and you know the benefits in terms of carbon footprints as well as travel the impact on travel i have a client from a large us corporation they've saved 440 million us dollars since the start of 2020 just on business travel for their internal team you can imagine the how much impact that's having in terms of co2 emissions so as i mentioned it's going to now be c level plus members of the organization attending physically and then the junior Uh, team members patching in virtually. So what you're saying is that these mass events with tens of thousands of people, which is something that Web Summit uh, is is known for, you think are going to be deteriorating over time and there'll be more smaller gatherings, uh, more intimate gatherings with select people in person and then maybe broader attendance uh, virtually. Is that correct? Exactly, Zoltan. And I I oh. see I see like a growth of reg- you know, more uh, decentralized you know geographically decentralized smaller scale events but combined with a hybrid component so in some ways it's for me it's actually something we're pursuing with the summit so we've got plans to launch a moscow hybrid edition in quarter 1 of next year and then really go into the whole span across central eastern europe leveraging our hybrid capabilities to bring local key decision makers physically together but obviously broadcast their value propositions and their business models to a, a decentralized audience. Are you actually looking to expand your presence uh, into other countries in the region using this hybrid model? Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So it actually does expand your horizons significantly as well. Yeah, so in in essence we can expand our geographical reach but without a, a big footprint. Thanks to the hybrid component of our event. So let's uh, fast forward 10 years from now. and we're looking back at 2020 2021 uh and the impact it's had on the industry in which you're involved now how do you think people remember uh this time of the industry i think it's going to be with a bit of sweet nostalgia obviously uh, like the good old days when we couldn't go anywhere <laughs> yeah exactly i mean there's going to be a lot of demand for mingling again on mass and lots of physical gatherings but i believe you know first half of 2022 and certainly going forward there'll be a realization that it's great to be traveling around again to meet with people but you know in some ways 
COVID really showed us how much you can achieve without the, the hustle and bustle of rushing around, traveling to different events, leaving your family, the whole, the impact that it has on your personal well-being that went hand in hand with business travel. So I think, you know, the value of virtual events are going to see a real resurgence first half of next year. And also in terms of mental health and uh, well-being, people are going to value much more their personal space um, and how important it is to consider your friends, family and loved ones. Letting your professional life take not a back seat, but certainly lose such uh, importance when we compare it to 2019, for example. So people, I think people are going to really look at their work-life balance and take that into account much more. Makes sense. So just to kind of wrap up our conversation, as somebody who was really in the thick of it and made this transition throughout this whole pandemic era, what are your kind of top three tips for people in your industry as to what they should be focusing on um, as they look to build their business? Uh, so first and foremost, be selfish. Um, and I say that in the nicest possible way. <laughs> uh, you can't look after your team and uh, give your business the, the the attention it deserves if you're not looking after yourself first. So first and foremost, get your diet dialed in, get your mental health coping strategies dialed in, get your exercise regime dialed in, and you'll see everything else becomes that much easier. Second most important point, delegation. You've got such a wide, diverse mix of talent in the team, and you really need to give people responsibility, and then they will have a chance to shine uh, and from, you know, that's actually something that I really focused on at the start of this year. And now I'm dazzled by what I see on the Slack group and all of the team interaction and harmonious collaboration that I'm seeing internally. Third point, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Look towards mentors, individuals that you respect, both professionally and personally, and go to them with the, the topics that are keeping you up at night you'll be pleasantly surprised with the feedback you receive. Good points. Uh, Self-care and delegation and uh, get advice from others are all good things to follow, not just in the event business, but in generally in life. Thanks everyone for joining me on Launch Stories, the global startup podcast. I hope you got inspired and learned some ingredients of a successful global business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends.